Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Oh, yeah, I turned off the, uh, the countdown so that I could freaking snipe the start. So <laughs> we are rolling. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Hit Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cawthon. Joining me is my co-host and dear friend, uh, Potato. And also... Tater Tot. <laughs> yes, Tater Tot. Uh, also joining us is the other co-host and uh, arch nemesis, Jeremy Reed. Yeah, we don't want to throw friends out there. That's <laughs> We don't want to be doing that. Yeah, uh, so we are back at it internet is working this evening so we're gonna be trying to get a decent recording in where i'm not sitting in the chat um um, we're gonna be covering some nationals this evening and we got some interesting questions that popped up that we need to discuss uh you know who's who's coming and who's going and who is and who who was kind of deal uh so we'll be we'll be getting into some good stuff, um, but we were just recent. We were just discussing um, my my follicles here. Mm-hmm. So yep. I've completely abandoned uh, the hair growth journey. <laughs> um, I, I give I give up, throwing in the towel, um, moving on with life. Yeah, we're. It's in the past. We can forget that happened. You can add it to the list of things that Jeff didn't follow through on. It's a long but, list. But the, the the comment that you made before we went live was that really I look better. You this is you talk this is Jeff talking about Jeff is that really I look better with a shaved head than with hair. Which is a really convenient observation for you to make at this point in your life. <laughs> Because there's not a whole lot of hair to like, really, okay, at this well, point. Okay, yeah. So I look better shaved currently than grown out currently. Okay, I I looked better with hair when I could grow hair. Better is very bald. relative, but we'll take your word oh for my, that. Oh my gosh, you, you got some nice teeth. I mean, your teeth look look pretty straight and white. So that's good. Oh, that's good. Well, I had braces for like five years, so. Well, your parents' fortune uh, worked out for you. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tiger King money, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, okay, so the conversation before, uh, the, which you guys were having whenever I kind of jumped in here, is how much people actually practice and then how much they say they practice uh which is i think is very fascinating because like if you go to nationals and you talk to guys you talk to like super squad guys or even just other guys who are wanting to shoot like well at the match they will almost invariably say oh i haven't touched a gun in two weeks or i got 
I got out for the first time last week and I shot, you know, a couple hundred rounds. That was about it. And like they've, it's very much a, they downplay how much they practice when I think a lot of, some of them didn't actually practice much, but then I think there's quite a few of them who actually do practice quite a lot. They just don't want to tell people how much they practice. Yeah. And I, I kind of think, I do kind of feel like there's almost been a shift though. I could be wrong. This could just be my perspective, but it almost seems that it's kind of cooler to practice now than it was a couple of years ago. Um, it almost seems to me like a couple of years ago, it was cooler not to practice and do well. Yeah. And now it's, and now it's kind of cool to like, to work hard and do well. I don't know. That could just be my perspective, but that's kind of the feel I get right now. But you're right. Like people, people work hard to show up and do well, but nobody does as well as they think they should. So then they have to downplay how hard they work because they don't want to work hard and show up and not do well. So yeah, there's, there's that whole thing going on. Yeah, I think it's course, an not ego doing, protection. Doing well starts on second place and goes down like, you know, <laughs> right, 100 yeah, places yeah. after that of people who worked hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but people get discouraged when they're working really hard and they show up and someone beats them in the rankings and they're like, oh, yeah, I haven't, I've, I've barely been able to train. I don't yeah, work had me out for three months. I just picked up the gun again last week, went to the range, yeah. you know, confirmed zero and rolled out of bed, came to nationals and, and beat you. Yeah, a lot of those people are full of shit. They work hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, don't doubt that some lies. of them. Yeah, I don't doubt that some of them are telling the truth for sure. But you think Phil Strader's actually putting down around 50, 60,000 rounds a year? No, I don't believe that about Phil. <laughs> I think I think he I think he probably I think he shoots two to three locals a week though. Yeah, I think he shoots more than he lets on and more than people think he does. But I don't think he's out there like dedicated like practice, like trying to well, hone in on specific sig- skills. Yeah. There's a weekly sig match that he shoots, and there's a weekly out outlaw match that he shoots, and then he shoots yeah. the monthly USPSA matches in his area. So, I mean, the guy's getting to two to three matches a week for the whole yeah. season, and one to two matches for the whole off season. That's quite a yeah. bit of shooting, in all honesty. That is, like that'll keep in, you in tuned a match up environment. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, plenty to be he said for. Firing in 1999, but he shot a lot since then. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, hey, if you want to lie to your friends, lie to your friends. I say tell them how much you shoot, how much you practice. It's more fun. I don't know. Uh, I feel like people starting out, they'll lie in the other direction. Oh, yeah. I'm dry firing for like four hours a day. Like, let me see those hands. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's no freaking way. No Are freaking they bloody? way. Yeah. No? Yeah, you're not. Yeah. And that, that may just be because they know, you know, if they start complaining about not doing well or wanting to get better, then people are just going to tell them to put in more time or drive fire more or whatever. So 
they got to check that box first to be like, oh, yeah, I'm putting in all this work. Now how do I get better? <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like we've talked about this before, but also it's fascinating. how you measure Fascinating conversation. Okay, Nationals. Pe- no. We had no. predictions. Yeah. Open no. Nationals just happened. Uh, the predictions went decent, sort of. Well, eh. Jeff's – well, Jeff got the first two, correct? Yeah, the bottom two – didn't finish, correct? Yeah. Did they, did JJ actually finish the match, or did he stop mid match? Potatoes frozen. No, oh, we lost. My we lost potato. Uh, He'll be back. He'll be yeah, back. Yeah, he he. I think he shows up as like he didn't actually finish all the stages. So yeah, I, I, I don't, don't think he finished. I heard his I heard his his barrel cracked or broke. Is what I had heard. Yeah. Heard the same thing. Yeah. So, obviously that prediction didn't go well. Because, strangely enough, Potato was the only one that didn't have JJ in the top five. Yeah, it's not a great look for me. I mean, my... Uh, yeah. Not not a good look. So, so Christian won. Nobody was surprised. Everybody picked Christian to win, so we all got that. We all got that part correct. Uh, then John Vlieger was second. Casey Eusubio was actually – this was actually one of the more disappointing DQs I've seen because he was actually pushing Christian. He was the only guy that was really kind of pushing Christian. And I think it was kind of towards the end of the second day. I don't think it was into the, I don't think he made it to the third day. Anyway, he, he dropped like my, what I heard, he dropped his gun. Uh, and that was his DQ. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to spread any sort of rumor or anything like that. He did DQ. Uh, what I heard is that he dropped his, dropped his gun. Um, so that's automatic DQ and he's out, but he was, he was actually right there with Christian and had a chance to, I think, be in the conversation the last day. And once he yeah. once he was DQ'd, Christian had like a fifty six point lead on Vlieger going into going into day three. So at the end of that's day actually, two, that's actually like pretty close. I mean, it's still like it's still uh, if Christian made a big mistake, then Vlieger could have had a chance. Uh, but then. Christian ended up opening up that to almost a hundred points. John was actually shooting really, really well on day three. He, yeah, you know, he was he was right there, but he was kind of Christian was just shooting better. Like John was shooting like ninety two, ninety finishing ninety two, ninety five percent on every stage, which is great at nationals. And Christian was just yeah. at ninety eight to a hundred percent on all of them. And so, yeah, Christian went out there and pretty well crushed it Yeah, um, so, for the whole match. So congrats to Christian on the win. Another yes. another national title. Congrats, bud. Solid win. We all picked you for the win. Didn't disappoint. Yeah, so th- so we had Christian. Uh, we'll just give our we'll just give uh, we'll just give the top ten. Why not? We had Christian at a hundred percent. John Vlieger at ninety five point four percent. 
Leskar Murdoch at 93.2%. Yeah. Third place may be his highest finish at a Nationals. I think, I think it is. I looked last year, he was 12th, I think. Yeah, he's always kind of been been really solid, but not really contending at Nationals. And yeah. like third place... Third place sounds better than ninety three percent, right? Like it sounds sounds more competitive than that. Uh, Brian Jones was fourth. Chris Tilly was fifth. Aaron Eden yep. sixth. June Kim seventh. Craig Tappy, our boy. Uh, this is his best, his best nationals ever. Yeah, uh, solid. Eighth place at ninety point six nine percent. Andrew Hyder at eighty nine point four percent, and then. Bill Drummond uh, coming in 10th at 87%. So, yeah, really solid top 10. But Christian was just a way far standout there. Yeah. So well, that's – I actually didn't realize that he won by so much. Just yeah, looking at was the percentages. A, I wasn't Pretty able to monster. follow this match uh, as close as I, I did like CO Nets. So, but yeah, yeah, top Christian, three. I mean, Christian just kind of smoked his. Yeah, the last. Okay, so Christian's last day. So this was starting on stage thirteen. This was Christian's last day. He won. Jeez, his first stage ninety eight point six percent on second stage. Won his third stage. Won the fourth stage. Ninety-nine percent and ninety-nine percent. I mean, like that's just—that's pretty well insane. Uh, that's crazy. His lowest finish on a stage is eighty-one percent, and he had a—he had a miss there. Yeah, uh, but like he shot three, three mics and one no shoot. Yep, for the match, and he—he he had one. Yeah, stage four, he had a miss and was still at 98.7% because he was just so much faster than everybody. Yeah, that goes that goes back to what what we've talked about in the past. Like, if you shoot slow enough to try to not make mistakes, then you're totally out of it, right? Because you've got to shoot the pace, right? Because here, like, Christian shot fast enough. He still shot the pace. Or probably above the pace, honestly, and came up with a mic ninety eight percent. So being able to shoot at the same speed as the guys at the top will do that for you. You can screw up and still be up there, still be in it, not not completely drop yourself out of the the top with a mistake. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the goal. So I think. Uh, I don't actually know how to get the uh, this graphic up. Potato posted it in the Discord a while ago, and I'm, I, it may be tough for me to find it. But I think Chris, like normally, to win nationals, average fin. If your average stage placement is above ninety percent, then you're yeah. gonna be really far into contention for nationals, and. Yeah. I think Christian was at like 97% or something like that was his average stage finish, which is just bonkers. It's just insane because Vlieger was 
like 92% or something like that. I'm trying to find where Potato posted that, but I can't. Um, yeah, I think so, you said that just, Flieger outperformed his last year's performance by like a percent, I think is what it was, mm-hmm. as far as stage finishes go. Like his overall stage for finish percentage was better than last year. Yeah. Like he, he came in improved, essentially. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, just kind of kind of nuts. Um, you know, Edens Edens was the returning champion, and he was he he didn't have a great match. Uh, yeah. So that's you know would have liked to have seen him push things a little bit more. You know, the other like you're just looking percentage wise, like you see the other guys, and it's a lot of kind of kind of what you would expect for a lot of it. Um, so, you know, I, I got to say this, maybe this is, I don't know, maybe it's just because Christian was super dominant, but I feel like part of it is the field was a little weak. Like there's, think- there's, uh, it, it, to me, it feels like, like it was Christian, and then like if KC had not DQ'd, that would have changed it. But like it was kind of Christian and KC, and then I don't know. I just I think Open is almost such a specialist, such a specialist division that it's it's harder for people to come come to Open and really compete in it. So yeah, yeah, could be. Let's pull up the scores from last year real quick. See who who is at the top. I know Vlieger is always at the top. <clears throat> so last year it was Edens one, JJ was second, Christian was third. Yeah. I know I know that much. I wanna say Jones was in like the top six or seven. Let's see here, I got it pulled up. Yeah, so you had Aaron uh, first, then JJ Sailor Vlieger, Brian Jones. So it's it was essentially the same field minus JJ mm-hmm. uh, this year. Casey was ninth last year, but he had been shooting more and seemingly better this year. Yes, yeah, yeah. Craig, Casey been, was shooting fantastic coming into this match. Yeah, he'd been shooting a lot of uh, limited optics, so. And then he switched over, so we were expecting him to do pretty well. But yeah, so the it, I mean, it's the same field as last year, like like the same like top twelve. Except yeah, for, uh, Craig Craig jumped in there. He wasn't in there last year, I don't think. Yeah, very similar. I mean, I, so I. Yes. Okay. So the the elephant in the room was a little bit is okay. What's up with JJ? Uh, because yeah. he because okay. Yes, JJ had he did end up having some gun issues, and Tater Tie's back he was gone. So JJ did have he did have some gun issues in the day two, beginning of day three, somewhere around in there. I wasn't exactly sure when that happened, but he was not he was not in the running anyway. He was at best going to finish around 90% even before he had the gun issues uh, based on Mm. what I was seeing. So, 
Yeah, like so. The question, the question is, uh, there's there's a listener question for Jeff, but this was a question that I was going to ask anyway. Uh, is JJ is JJ done, like competing for national titles, like being the mm. guy, like being like yeah. JJ was like for the last yeah. since. Since uh, JJ had that, we had that nine days of nationals, right? And he, yeah, he won open. Yep. He was second in production, and he won limited. And then I think he yep. won limited the next year. And like, like that was kind of the year of JJ, right? Nine days of nationals, the year of JJ. Last year yeah. was the year of Nils. This year's been the year of Christian so far. And so it's is that hmm. JJ just gone? Like, do we, you know? Is he still there or not? He he's still there. Okay, here's the deal. JJ is not. He's not like too old or like out past his prime to play this game very efficiently. Mm-hmm. Athletic dude, great shape. He has the ability. Uh, he has a few things holding him back. Uh, one of those is, in my opinion, this might be controversial. Uh, his mental game i think he likes to to blame issues on a lot of things i think that's holding him back i think if if he would just kind of own own some stuff i think he'd do a lot better then he's got equipment holding him back lots of equipment issues uh this is one of his things that uh he he points to holding him back if he's got like bad ammo or something like that uh that's all stuff that you can actually pay attention to and you can show up with with stuff that works. And then his other thing that's holding him back is at open nationals anyway, was that he didn't, he just didn't train. He didn't train up for it. Uh, he was teaching classes and, and traveling and he trained up like in the last week or two and crammed and he showed up unprepared. So I think JJ is not, he's not a has-been. He's still there, but I think he's going to have to have like a major realignment of priorities to be able to show up and win any more national titles. That was, that was like the perfect Jeff, because like it was like kind to JJ, like that, like, hey, he can, he's still the man, but it also like, <laughs> like in his face because you're you very first said like he has some things that are holding him back i was like wait what direction is jeff gonna go with, with this thing <laughs> there's so many uh yeah my my question really is you know this jj jj has his world title uh, I, personally there's an asterisk on on the world title thailand production optics like wasn't wasn't really uh deep field he kind of he kind of went fishing for a title rather than winning it in open um so like but he has his world title he has his national titles and at this point another national title what does that give him it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really move anything for him he has his sponsor gig with beretta uh and so he he's at a point he's like, well, teaching makes me money. Teaching yeah. feeds me. Teaching is what takes care of my family. So what do I what do I want to spend my time on? 
feeding my family or training for nationals. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's like what what would be the point in realigning those priorities for for a another meaningless title? So we might not see that JJ come back and win another title. Uh he just doesn't have the the proper motivation to do that. Yeah, and that's really where where my question came from is is not that he couldn't do it anymore, just that will he want to? And, and only he can answer that. And the the question is, will he stay relevant if he doesn't keep winning? And seemingly on the training side, that doesn't seem to be an issue. Uh, yeah, people seem to love his his training and classes and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Or can he or can he work being Bob Fogel for as long as he wants to? And apparently he can work being Bob Fogel for as long as he wants to. Yeah. Like we have a few years of evidence on that. Yep. JJ's in the same same class. And and I missed your guys' actual discussion of who won nationals. But I just gotta throw a couple of numbers out there because it JJ's win in twenty eighteen was basically the same level of dominance that Christian just won. Yep. So JJ kept the entire field under 90% except for Christian and Casey. And yeah. Christian kept the entire field right at about 90% except for Vlieger and Speedy. Yeah. Right. No, that's actually an interesting comparison. I, I remember that Nationals that JJ had. I had forgotten. Uh, I didn't make the correlation between being the same, the same numbers. So, yeah, quite interesting. Uh, and yeah, like if JJ wants to be serious about, to me, like if JJ wants to be serious about winning matches, winning nationals, he's going to drop the Beretta. Like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what they're like paying him, what his incentive is to, to shoot that. I can't think of a much worse gun to try to shoot open with than a Beretta, maybe a Glock. I can't think of like three or four, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's maybe, yeah, there's some other bad ones, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty bad one. And it's, so, yeah, I, I think that that's just a, that's not a gun that you're going to compete at to, to try to win. And the, to me, the bad thing for Beretta, like they're getting exposed, right? Like, he, like JJ's going to matches and he's proving that these guns don't work. In this yeah. sport. Well, in, in fairness to Beretta, they should stop giving them the Andreas Yankopoulos proof-tested barrels. <laughs> yeah, if he's getting, yeah, they should do, they should do something like they should, they should figure out something that, hey, either we're going to figure out a way to make a gun that's going to last and work for a long time uh, or not. That reference they... won't age well, I apologize. No, it's, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. I'm glad to have it. Uh, but yeah. So do you think Beretta is, is learning from this? Do you think they're taking this information and making their products better? No, you don't think so? I don't, I don't think the destructive testing of a couple of high end competition shooters are even a tiny factor in their massive global operation with their enormous parent company that owns like, one third of the firearms manufacturers in the world. 
Like, oh, Tika? Yeah, that's Beretta. Oh, Benelli? Oh, wait, that's also Beretta. Right? So it's like you think about, hey, who are the two gas and inertia-operated shotguns? Oh, well, you can get a Benelli or a Beretta. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I get that. Oh, Sacco. Oh, that's Beretta. I mean... I get that, but they do have, like, purpose-built pistols for, like, competition shooting, and they've got, like, the, the JJ freaking open Beretta. Like, that's when they sell, right? No, they do not sell that. He's don't shooting that a prototype open gun that nobody else shoots. Gotcha. But the the production gun is, right? It has to be. The, yeah. the performance, the 92X and the 92X performance. Yeah. 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 And whatever, performance defensive. The right. IDBA but those one. are like purpose-built pistols for competition. As much as you can call like a recycled 40-year-old design. I mean, there is purpose-built as CZs, right? It's like Cold War, Cold War technology with a, uh, a facelift. Hey, all the best guns are over 50 years old. No, no, the ones you like are over 100. <laughs> the best ones. So, but yeah, but it, it makes sense that if they have these purpose-built guns for like competition, that they would take the information from the feedback from their shooter shooting those guns and make them better for what they're built for doing. I think that would be creating a whole new gun. Like, you think so? Yeah, I don't know that. I don't I know think, that I think building it around a 92. Yeah. Building it around the, the 92 is not going to be a winner, no matter what. From a master gunsmith perspective what does that mean well i'm not a master gunsmith of bread and 92s but it's not the like it 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 was designed to meet military specs and like they had all these weird things that they wanted it to meet and so it wasn't designed to be the best competition gun like that whole design was simply we we have this we have these things that we need to meet this criteria we have to meet because that's what the military is asking us to meet and so they met those that's different than building a gun for somebody hey i want to be able to shoot this 100,000 rounds it needs to be reasonably accurate and it has to be 100% reliable for all of that it's got to be bulletproof like the berettas just the berettas aren't designed to go tens of thousands of rounds like that's just not like, yeah, I think you. I think you could even talk to Brett, and they'd be like, "Yeah, we don't really design these to go that long. Hmm. Like they're just they're just not designed around. Like the slide has zero mass to it, so is it going to crack? Probably. There's not much metal yeah. there. The barrel is is a pencil thin barrel. Like, how's that going to hold up? Probably not great. Like, so it's just it relies on a, it relies on a locking block that is an intentional point of failure. Right. Hmm. So it's a sacrificial component designed to be replaced and it's designed for a long service life, not for a high round count. Correct. It's supposed to still work after 10 years with minimal service. It's not supposed to work after a hundred thousand rounds or 20,000 rounds. That's tough. That's tough. Well, where do we go from here, Jeremy? Well, uh, Max won PCC. Shocker. Pretty close, huh? Yeah. What was the spread on that? 
four percent to Freilich. Six six point three percent to uh, Justine. I mean, look to me, like to me, there's there are three the three most impressive performances at this match were probably Justine in third. Like that's still yeah. right. she beat Scott Green, Zach Smith. Like she beat beat really good, like legit, uh, legit PCC shooters. If there's such a thing as a legit PCC shooter, Christian beat Max Lee Grandis in the overall by almost four percent. Like they combined, that's kind of that's kind of crazy, honestly. Um, and then to me, Craig Tappy's performance was just was was fantastic for him. I'm super excited for him. Uh, I mean, he's, he's just a working dude. Like he's not, he's not the dude out there with the Jersey with sponsors all over it and stuff. Uh, he's tool and guy tool and die guy that works. And I got to know the tappies cause his brother went to school at Texas tech and then just showed up at our local match hour and a half North of there. And he was like B class or something, but he moved like Craig and he shot like Craig and was like, Wait, who in the world is this guy? Uh, <laughs> and so I got to know him. He ended up he he became an engineer and he's like owns his own business down in Austin now. I think he's super successful with that, and he doesn't shoot anymore. He came to Area Three. He would come to Area Three every once in a while, and it was fun. I got to make fun of him. Uh, I'm pretty sure his bank account looks a lot better than mine. So you know, <laughs> I can only make fun of him at the match. That's probably about as far as I can go. Did you guys uh, talk about Siler's day three? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Just, just absolute, absolute it. dominance. I mean, yeah. Basically that was winning so cool every to stage. to see in the scores. It's just so much fun to see somebody be like, you know what? I've got a 60-point lead. I can just coast to the finish line. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, he just, he crushed it. So, really good performance. Um, uh, also, a couple of notables here. Henning Walgren won uh, senior division or senior category. Attaboy. So Hen- Henning's going for that senior world shoot team. So, and this is his first match in senior, right? I think I so. Know. He like just turned. Yeah, yeah, he just turned into it. Yeah, yeah. So he got that win for the world shoot team. So that's awesome. We also had uh, Joey Sourland shot his. Limited gun, right? Did he? He did. Yeah, he did. He did. So that, I mean, that's just interesting to go to open PCC nationals with some iron sights. I imagine that was quite difficult because, I mean, a match built for open and PCCs should be extremely difficult for a limited gun to shoot, in my opinion. I don't know if this was, but it should have been. Well, I mean, like looking at, I, I was kind of looking at like the people's percentages of points shot, and I'll be fair, I haven't paid attention to a lot of this with in open in the past, but I mean, people were shooting an astounding. I mean, Christian shot; he had three hundred fifty-six alphas and sixty-six charlies, uh, and that's like everybody is in the ninety-five to like ninety-two is almost the lowest percentage you see until you get down to 29th place and they finished at 91%. So I don't, it, based on that, I would think this wasn't a super partialed up match. That's just, just 
purely look at if it's partialed up, you're shooting major, like you're going to shoot more alpha Charlies. So it doesn't yeah. appear to have been like a super partialed up or super, super difficult match from that standpoint. So, whoops, hit my computer. So I could, I could be wrong on that. That's just, that's just kind of looking at what I'm seeing. What do you see? Uh, potato, tater tot. Um, yeah, I mean, the hit factor range averaged out into the eight, which is where we normally see an open nationals. I mean, I think it was a pretty conventional open nationals. I did watch a buddy of mine's video. The stages looked really good. They looked really thoughtful. There was a lot of sort of uh, gear changing. And um, I don't know who the, the principal stage designer was, but it looks like it was well suited for the Talladega range. So honestly, no shade on a guy shooting a limited gun in an open match. I would have expected him to finish higher than that. I think he had a couple of really rough stages and dumped a ton yeah. of points. Um, and he would yeah. be 5 or 6% up from that in uh, on a different weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks like uh, Shannon Smith actually shot pretty pretty good as well. 16th. Pretty solid. Shooting on staff day. That's yeah, the staff day solid. winner. Very solid for Shannon. Yeah, just looking at like area three, because Jeff and I both shot area three and there was quite a bit of distance. There were some there were some challenging shooting at that, although not a ton of partials. But you see guys uh the scores are noticeably a little bit lower. You're still I mean not a ton, but still down in like Craig Tappy shot eighty nine percent of the points at area three. I don't know if he had a bunch of misses. Oh he has six mics. He I'm he must have had, he must have had a couple just rough stages. That might be why. So, yeah, there. I would say that they're a couple percentage points lower on average uh, at area three so you versus think, that. So, you think area three was a more difficult match than this one? I'm just, I'm just purely basing it off of, of like percentage of points shot. It probably had more partialing. Right. So more partialing doesn't necessarily mean harder because correct different things that, but. Probably if people are aiming farther away from risk, you're going to have more yeah. Charlies. Um, yeah. You guys did comment. I hope that uh, Leskar Murdoch shot a clean match. Oh, we did, I did not catch that. That he. I mean, we said we said we talked about Leskar, but not that he shot totally clean. Yeah, I mean, he had ten deltas, but no no penalties. As did the top two PCC guys. So it couldn't have been that bad in terms of partially. That's my right, basically. Yeah. If you have multiple people in the sort of top five across a couple divisions who shoot penalty free, then yeah. the well, risks even, were avoidable. Even uh, Vlieger, I mean, it looks like he just clipped one no shoot. Yep. Other than that, shot clean. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, if he shot this match last year, he wins by 3%. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, that's how that's how big uh, Christian's year year over year jump back was. Is so mm-hmm. so Vlieger shot whatever ninety two point five percent is his average stage finish at this match ninety two point five percent, and that's good for ninety five percent on the match. That has <laughs> to be has to be a bit frustrating for him. Well, and. If you didn't say it, Christian's average stage was over 
Yeah, we talked about that a little do? bit. I didn't that have that exact number. Yeah. That is freaking crazy, dude. And so when JJ won in 2018, he was like 96% was his average stage finish. He just went out there and won everything. And this is even a little bit higher, higher level. Like you don't even think that can be possible at a nationals like this. To shoot 18 stages and average out to 97%. Well, especially in something like open or just a division that a lot of people are in. Like yeah, it doesn't seem sort of ten contenders and twenty five possible for someone to come in and dominate that large of a field by that much. I mean, I honestly, I think when Casey DQ'd into day two, that really freed Christian up to just kind of like, okay, there's nobody really in touching distance because even if even if he tanks a stage, that would have put him level. With Vlieger, and I don't think Christian was worried about, hey, can I, I could lose my lead and still, I could still get that back, uh, is, is kind of where I think Christian was at at that point. Whereas with Casey, if Casey had been there, Casey was, was shooting really well, and he would not have had the luxury of having a lead to really make much of a mistake. Unless, unless Casey had. So I, I think that kind of freed him up a little bit going into day two. Hey, we'll just let this, we'll let this ride. And yeah, the stage that you mentioned earlier, he, he had a stage with a mic on it and he was still 98% on that stage, 98 and a half. And so I was yeah. like, why not? Why not just go full send? I can have a miss and I is still finishing at the top of the stage. So why not just go for it? But still, like, I mean, he shot. 356 alphas. As far as I can tell, that's quite a bit more alphas than anybody else in the field. So it looks like 15th place shot 354. But he, he shot the same number of alphas as a guy with a rifle. Right. The best guy yeah, with so a three, rifle. 356 alphas. And he shot it 14 seconds faster than the guy in second place. I mean, it's just a nutty performance, man. I mean, it's not, he dominated yeah. accuracy and speed all down the field. Yep. That's nuts. He's turning into a monster. We'll see if he, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be, just be interesting to see uh, what he does at Ironsight Nationals and then what he does going into the future. Yeah. Do we know I what he's shooting? He'd go to EHC. He's not signed up for European Handgun Championship. Which is in uh, two weeks. You know, Christian really has not shot a whole lot of matches this year. Uh, he yeah. shot, you yeah. know, he shot CO Nationals. He shot this. Did he shoot an area match? He did. He he shot in one area four. Okay, he so area four. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But Casey so was high overall and open, and Christian was right off him. But if the timer had gone all the way to where Casey finished that same stage as Nils, then Christian might have been high overall. Yeah, that was in, I mean, he's shooting CO. That that kind of counts as an area match. I'm not sure totally if A4 counts as an area match, but but yeah, he like, you know, we had our power rankings after CO Nationals, and he was he was at the top of it, and then we really didn't see anything out of it again. Maybe he shot like one of the, there's a couple level twos up at like Inland Empire, I think is over 
up from the Washington coast, uh, Washington state may, like there's a couple really small level twos up there, but otherwise he really hasn't traveled and shot much. And apparently he doesn't need to, he can just show up with the nationals and, yeah, and yeah. do his thing there. So, I mean, I think he was training plenty, so. Yeah. Yeah. He seems pretty hungry. So yeah, it would be, it would be cool to see him go shoot uh, like EHC and stuff. Because would get some it's the guy who took suck and open at World Shoot shooting production optics at European Hand Championship. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I know Grafell's going to be there. Starting, yeah, it's finally starting to wake up as a division. I mean, uh, Grafell's shooting production, but um, PDO is starting to wake up um, for European episode. Well, they finally took it's only one division now, right? It was production optics and production optics light, and so that yeah. just. Again, people making decisions that don't understand the sport. Uh, but all all I can say is I I think as far as like Europeans and stuff like that, if any Americans want to get their wins in now, like maybe maybe Eric is not where he was six years ago. Maybe like I'm I'm putting a huge maybe on that. But his kid is. His he's starting to post videos of his kid. His kid's picked up shooting like looks like like the last year, uh, and dude, he posts videos of him and on the Eric's Facebook page, and I think it's Eric shooting. I don't I yeah. don't know that it's and then and then it says like oh here's my kid and it's like oh he looks exactly like his dad, and it's that's terrifying. So. Yeah. If you if you want to win a world shoot or something like that, then try to do it now because he's about to. Yeah. I think I think Eric Kidd's about to just dominate all of them. He's yeah, definitely and hope, and hope that Khalil doesn't pick up a different gun. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's that definitely so been able to, to to translate his uh, like his shooting style and technique and everything directly into his his son. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's very interesting. You always wonder, I wonder I mean, how that, much practice that's tough. there was for his son before he started shooting. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I would. I would love to see. I mean, obviously, like he probably Eric's son probably has more opportunity than anybody in the world in the world of practical shooting. Nobody has has the opportunity that he does to to train it. Yeah. And Eric was the same way. He was he was basically given the most opportunity that anybody I've heard of. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would love to see what their training regimen looks like. That would be pretty cool. I look forward be. to his son lying about it for years to come. <laughs> oh, I mean, Eric, Eric never did. Eric was always very, very pretty forthcoming. How much, how much he shot. Uh, I think yeah. he exaggerated in the other way, honestly, for a number of years to intimidate people very successfully. I think. I really believe Eric is a master of manipulating his opponents um, in advance of big matches. If you look at the the specific things he posts Mm -hmm. before a match, he posts some nutty, nutty stuff. And then after the matches, he just posts smash video. But he posts things that the people who want to compete with him don't think they can do. And he's just sort of leave that hanging out there, put that in the back of their head, and then they've got to go and compete. Yeah, I mean, I love that's that's using. I think it's, that's calculated. I do not think there's anything accidental. 
about that? I, I that wouldn't surprise me at all, and I love it because it's it's for the gram, but it's not to get famous on the gram. It's to mess people's minds up on the gram, and that's I I love it. That's for, that's fantastic. All right, this episode is sponsored by Shooters Connection, uh, as all our episodes are. They are huge sponsors of the sport. They sponsor hundreds of matches every year, and their shipping is insanely fast. I did get my, I did get my shipment in last week that I talked about, and I like these these DAA dry fire purple mags, dry fire mags. Yeah, uh, I've had them for like a week or so, and yeah, I like them. They, I they're fairly accurate as far as what I was worried about is that they were going to be too easy. Like they were just going to be everything was going to be rounded and stuff, and they were going to reload too easily. And honestly, I think they're fairly fair uh, really? as far as hmm. yeah, because the the feed lips, quote unquote feed lips, are actually square on them on the top, and so okay. they'll hang up. They'll hang up if you. Like if you if you miss if you don't get it right they they will hang up, uh. So, yeah, I'm glad to have it. Like I said in the last one, I I've kind of just been dry firing just with one dry fire mag, and so I would just kind of move that around my pouch, and it's actually been cool to have four mags now on my pouch that I don't mind dropping and yeah, uh, working my way all through those. So that's been that's been good. I think that'll pay some dividends. Is this the uh, first time you've you've done that? Not the first time, but it's been a while since I've since I've done that. Uh, used, usually, I would I would have it like two, so that I at least have one that's the behind the other one. Uh, but here here this year, I've just kind of been dry firing just with one. I'll, I'll be completely honest. My dry fire this year has been extremely lackadaisical. It's just like I've been I've been dry firing for so long. It's like what I don't even want to dry fire. Like it was, it was very much, very much just not, not happening a whole lot. Uh, yeah. And this is actually kind of, this is actually being like, Oh, I think this could actually be good for me. So I'm actually dry firing more now with those mags. So that's, that's good. Okay. And it's, it's a good timing, right? Like I've got about a month before nationals, So it's kind of a good yeah. timing to, yeah to kind of go hard for a little while and not, not do that for an entire year, but I can go hard and kind of lead up into nationals and Ipsic, Ipsic nationals. And so yeah, so that's been great. That's excellent. All thanks to Shooter's have, Connection. Yeah. I might have to get some of those because uh, I bought all of them that Shooter's Connection had at the time. Cool. So cool. 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 Thanks. I've got a bunch of double stack ones. If you, you want to <laughs> come to the dark yeah. side, Jeff. He can just put uh, them on a belt sander and thin them up a bit. No, I have enough dry fire mags. I I mean, I usually dry fire with three or four. Yeah, three or four. So I dry fire with three when I'm shooting CO. I can't imagine dry firing with one shooting sickle stack. Yeah, that's so the, crazy. Well, the frustrating thing when you when you're dropping them on the floor, one like they get like rounds jam up in it and then they won't like the feed lips are spread open. So then you got to smash it up against the bench to get the, the round back down or rounds are just popping out of it all the time. And you're spending half your time just picking rounds up and then just concrete just destroys max, right? Like it's just going to 
it's just going to destroy them. And so, yeah, yeah. So all of that stuff kind of destroy hardwood floors, though. <laughs> yes, yes, they. Oof. <laughs> I have some hardwood floors with a lot of feedlip indentations. Oof. No, I have I no bet. idea how those got there. Yeah, shocking. It's the it's the dogs. The dogs did it. It's the dogs. The dogs' little nails. Yeah, hundred percent. So dry fire. Yeah, I think those are. I think those are a pretty good deal. I would definitely, and they're only like twenty bucks a piece or something like that. So at least the nineteen eleven ones are. I don't know if the double stack ones are more. The only problem with it <laughs> is they are. They will. I think they will work with a magnet uh, if you. If you're on your belt conventionally, if you have bullets out, then they don't work because they don't have any metal on the spine of the magazine. So I can't actually, right now, I can't load them out of my first pouch, which is the Henning uh, magnetic pouch. But I'm going to go in there and machine a slot out and glue in some shim, some metal stock. And I'll get, I'll at least get one that'll work, work in that pouch. I'm pretty sure if I do that, it'll work fine. So. I just got to do that. So, nice. but if you're, if you're running like, like, so there are some single stack guys that are running Henning pouches for all of them and they're going bullets out on all of them. That ain't going to, they ain't going to work for you unless you add some sort of metal or magnet or something to the, to the dry fire mag. So Have just to so modify them. No. Yep. Just a little um, bit. We do have one question to go over before we cut it off, but I also wanted to give our uh, lady national champion. We didn't even talk about ladies national champion. So Jesse Harrison won overall open. Uh, I haven't even looked at PCC, but I guess it was uh, the Williams girl, right? Mm-hmm. Justine, yeah. PCC, yeah, Justine. But open, it was uh, Jesse Harrison first, Morgan Linehart. Is that how you say it? That's how we've been uh, saying it, and they haven't called the yellow this yet. Was she shooting minor? It shows here she was shooting. She's a Glock shooter now. Yeah. yeah, so she was shooting minor, and then uh, Sloan, Sloan Sanders for third place to to round out the podium. Yeah, so, I would be surprised if Morgan. If I'd be surprised if Glock after the. I don't know if. You guys were in the sport when KC was shooting for Glock and he was no. trying to shoot open for him and it was just a it was just a disaster. I'm pretty sure it cost him a national title. Uh and yeah, talking of Brett as being a bad choice for an open gun, a Glock is probably the worst choice for an open gun. Uh how about a Limcat that says Zev on it? That that seems perfectly <laughs> Seems perfectly doable. Perfectly doable at that point. How about a Limcat that says Taurus on it? Well, that, yeah, we have lots. Honestly, like, just, I would say just do that. Like, like if you're not going to build a gun for that division, then yeah. And you, and they want to shoot it or you want them to shoot it, then yeah. Build a, I mean, everybody does that In, in all sorts of sports. The shoes, somebody is, there's. There's really crazy aftermarket for top mm-hmm. athletes to take their favorite shoes and make them look like their sponsor shoes. Yeah. And there's a couple of companies that actually still make their discontinued shoes because so-and-so really likes their 2011 line or whatever. And yep. so that guy still gets all the Adidas, you know, 
that, yeah. that nobody else can buy. And then they get remolded to look like their current line and like painted yeah. over and everything. Yeah. If, uh, yeah. So I mean, if everybody else does it, we can do it. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Max never shot a SIG when he shot open, right? He shot a, a Dan Bedell open gun. Uh, fine. Just do that. Right. And my, and my single set gun says Dan Wesson, but um, everyone knows it's really a read. Uh, customs right. underneath. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Full sponsorship, man. It's a great <laughs> it's a great deal you got going. It is. Honestly, like uh, I would I would prefer that JJ just did that. Like just get a get a real open gun. Right, Beretta and, on an open gun. And just say, yeah, have Beretta put their logo on it. Be fine. Whatever. We have one question. Let's hear it. We're going to hit it real quick. Do you guys, right, and let's answer this. Let's go uh, uh, Potato, Jeremy, and then me. Do you guys maintain guns during matches? My 1911 uh, tend to want some lubricant after a half, after half a day match. Half a full day match. Yeah, so after a half a day, it wants lubricant, essentially. Uh, or just don't be a puss. Which, what is it? I mean, whatever makes your gun work, do that, right? Like, if you live in, like, the desert, and you're getting sand and other stuff in there, and your gun runs better wet, then keep it wet. I mean, I can't I can't think of making a hard and fast roll for somebody else. Right? CZs, it doesn't matter. They're just going to break... And, you know, they march to their own drummer, and their drummer tells them to break sometimes. Um, and no <laughs> amount of lubrication or preventative maintenance will stop a CZ from breaking when it wants to. Uh, and I'm new to, to shooting your guys' kinds of guns, um, but Jeremy told me to keep them wet, so if they get really dirty, then I put some more oil on the disconnector and on the rails and keep shooting. And I figure all the, the, the soot in sort of runs out. And I can tell that because it's all over my hands. Mm. Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, so this is... I think the question's kind of pointed more towards 1911 is what he's asking about. If it's a Glock, probably doesn't... Not running as, like, super talent, tight tolerances in a Glock, usually. Uh, but a 1911... here. I mean, the question is, would you run your car without... Like, would you let all the oil drain out of your car and drive it for a half day down the road? I mean, probably not if you want to keep driving. Right. Like, like that's probably not going to work real well. And our 1911s don't have an oil reservoir. So, yeah, if I'm shooting a full day, then, yeah, I will go. I'll add to it. I'll add oil to it uh, halfway through or something. Because halfway through the match something, I'll go add some more oil to it. Because your oil, if your gun's sitting in your holster, the oil's all draining out the end of your gun for the most part. Uh, so as it, yeah, as I, it should, by the way, as it should, right, right. That's not a that's not a bad thing if it's doing that. Uh, and so like that, there's there's a couple of high friction areas. One is the hood of the barrel, like that, like how that interacts with the slide, like that is a very high friction area, and that will definitely if there's no oil there and that gets dirty and grimy and all that throughout a day, uh, especially if it's if you live in a place with dirt in the air, that's a place that can very much slow down your slide 
a lot. And so, yeah, I will, I will definitely put a drop or two on that throughout the day. And then, yeah, if it's uh, maybe at lunch, I'll go and re-oil the rails again, just to keep, keep that stuff oiled up, keep everything running. Yeah. Uh, as far as me maintaining a gun during a match, um, I guess if it is a long day match, like a 10 or 12 stage, I might, yeah, like do a midday or maybe after lunch or lunchtime, add some oil to it. My guns will run fine if I don't, but they sound and feel better if they're wet. So I do that. And then also I'll brush the gun out. It's just. I mean, yeah, it's just gun maintenance. So during matches, so if uh, if I get a mag that sticks or something, then I'll just like go over to the safe table and I'll just run my brush like up through the bottom and out through the top of the gun. Just like run it through there, yeah. get any dirt out of there, uh, stuff like that. I think that's pretty much it. My buddy Lee Henderson, who came 20th at this year's Open Nationals, breaks down his gun every stage, which has what? many benefits. It saves you from pasting, um, right. so you keep the miles off your legs. Uh, but yeah, for he, he had a specific Open gun that, to maintain flawless operation, he broke it down and re-oiled it after every stage, and, and that's now his routine. He needs a new gun builder. Uh... Because that's he's either he's better. Uh, not it's if he has now, to. Now it's probably superstition. It's probably more superstition than anything else. Well, it's yeah, like, if the gun has to get. When I do this, if it has to get broken down every stage to run right, it's not a good gun. Uh, or his ammo is terrible. <laughs> one of the two. Oh, also, but, question for you, nineteen eleven people. One of my guns gets really hot. Like if I'm doing longer strings of drills, I mean, really hot. Like it's yeah. really molding. My Kydex hot. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. How fast are you going through rounds? Jesus. Not that fast. That's are you shooting? Oh, are, you shooting t- are you shooting oh, Factory 45? Are you shooting Factory 45? Are you shooting Factory 45? It's ball. Yeah, it's, he's shooting ball ammo, it's which like is probably spear. like 190 power factor. It's about 195 when I crown it, yeah. Yeah. That's. Okay, that well, there blind. you go. But it's, um, it's, I'll, I'll shoot 40 or 50 rounds in the space of a couple minutes, and you can't rack off the front without burning your hand. <laughs> I've, I've honestly I've never I, experienced and I, that. And I start to lose fiber because it softens up the fiber and it flies out. Yeah, yeah. I honestly have... And I think there's something wrong with the gun. There's too much friction somewhere. I've never experienced that. Uh, now I haven't shot that much that much ball and most of mine are all my reloads. But I've never experienced one so hot that I couldn't touch it. And that's shooting in 115 degree heat and I can still I've never had to like yeah. trade guns cuz my gun was too hot. I've seen Ben like posting pictures of getting guns real hot, but Ben goes through a lot of rounds really quickly in his training sessions. Yeah. I don't I don't tend to do that. Like there's kind of a I'll shoot for a couple so mags I'll, and I'll then park I it open load mags and set it on something so it'll Air cool while I go and restore targets. Yeah, and, I did that. Know, obviously, cools off then. I'm but surprised you feels, don't have like I've a. Never had a gun get this hot. 
No, dude, I would blame that on the ammo for sure. Yeah, yeah. get some get some kind of purpose built ammo and run that and see if it gets hot doing that. Well, once I get purpose built ammo, it'll be with tight group. So, oh my god. Jeez. Holy I mean, crap. It'll be HP 38. It's okay. My guns get hot, but not that hot. But even when they do get hot, I'll set it down and I'll shoot with the other gun for a little bit and just let it cool off. Just because, I mean, metal swells when it gets hot. So I, in my head, I think that's probably not great for operation, like for longevity, to shoot it while it's really hot for extended periods. So if it gets hot, I just let them cool off and I shoot the other one. I, I think that's a factor on how I've broken so many dots, is I tend to shoot high round counts very, very quickly in short yeah. training sessions. And I think the aluminum on the optics is not expanding at the same rate as the steel that it's mounted to. And yeah. so then I'm warping the housing just from heat. Do you think that's what that one dude does that breaks all the guns? Does he just like Andreas Yankopoulos? No. Yeah. I think Does he just like I have no idea. I'm not going like to cast 60 seconds on the man's reloading, but I might look there first. <laughs> Although honestly, when you break a lug on the canic barrel, like that's not a thing that breaks from an overpressure round. That's a thing that breaks from bad steel. If you look at the most recent broken barrel, I I yeah. Unfortunately, seen a lot of kaboom guns. And that's not where you see them fail. Right. Yeah, that's not from a kaboom. I, I'd be, although, but I, I haven't seen a Canic uh, do that before. Where the rear no, lug shears off. That's a freak. Yeah. Yeah. So, I see but he seems to get lots of those. So. Uh, big in the comments. I don't know who Big is. I don't know if that's. I don't know. Big, big says it's the shirtless drills. Does he do drills shirtless and PSTG or something? <laughs> I sure hope not. <laughs> I must have missed that one. Jeremy, where's our shirtless drills? That's what's missing from our Discord. No shirt. Why, why aren't you posting shirtless drills? You work out in the morning when I was you about drive, to right? Say, Jeff, there's only one man here who can solve this problem. <laughs> yeah. You are the man. My. <laughs> My arms are too skinny to go shirtless. Nobody wants to see that. Patreon members. Uh, yeah, we should let you guys know that if you come in as a tier one sponsor, you can get the uh, Jeff Cawthon shirtless dry fire channel. That's uh, right. That is only for the tier one sponsors. So please oh, uh, man, we have, keep that in mind. We have digressed a long way. It's just, just going to be a video channel. And I'll just like set my phone up and turn it on when I get out there in the morning and you'll just get my whole dry fire session and my whole workout just raw that's not yeah i i all right we've digressed too far but i'm but i would actually love to see how other people train for 30 minutes unedited unpresented like just yeah. fly on the wall there's you know there's at least 50 or 60 different people who it's like hey, i'd like to see what that guy's doing just because I'm curious. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's different than what I'm doing. Yeah. And as long as I can... Not like a... Yeah. Can we get a video of you running as well? 
It really doesn't have to be like it can just be a microphone. Of potato running? No, no, no. Of Jeff. What? Why do you need a video of me running? I feel like there's like it's well, yeah. I need I need the audio of the breathing to make me run a run faster on my runs. Okay, but I also feel like there's probably lots of cussing and like talking to yourself while you're running. There is there's lots of cussing in my dry fire (laughs) and workouts. I'll tell you that right now. Are you serious? And you would be very underwhelmed in at the efficiency at which I use my time during dry fire as well. Oh geez, Were, there's no you, like you actually curse during dry fire? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How about you, Jeremy? Uh I mean I don't I generally don't cuss. Like there Jeff has Jeff has experienced a time when I did uh <laughs> a lot. And you told him <laughs> to go and do something with himself. It wasn't no it wasn't Jeff. Uh it wasn't it wasn't directed towards Jeff at that point. Uh, but for the general, for the most part, I don't generally cuss. Uh, but I mean, this whole, this whole, like embracing the rage part thing, like I am much quicker to just let myself get mad and just be fine with that. I don't try to, I don't try to stay calm or like cool myself down. It's like, forget it. Just be mad and let that be a good thing. And so far it hasn't been, I haven't had any sort of detriment. Like it hasn't been detrimental at all to me at this point. It's only been positive, so I'm gonna go with yeah, it. Yeah, I want to see Rage Jeremy reloading. So you're oh jeez. So you embracing the rage? It hasn't like deteriorated your family life or anything like that. No, because it like it's I get it. It gets I don't embrace it like with my kids. That's <laughs> like honestly, like it kind of it's somewhat cathartic in that you get it out on the range, right? Oh, yeah. See, man, I've always been the opposite way. I'm very cool, calm, and collected around guns, and then I yell at my family. (laughs) Oh, no. Because then you can just shoot the gun just so you feel better. Uh, You can just get mad, and you just yell at yourself there. And then that way, when you're at home around your family, you're not still, like, wanting to yell at yourself because you've already done all that. Oh, you yell at yourself. Okay, that's the difference. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I try not to. I try not to yell at them. So they were gone for the whole last week, and so they've actually been like they, you know, they they're four and two. Like so, they really missed me. So it's actually been quite. They've been really great the last twenty four hours because they've they still kind of like miss me, and so yeah. like they're still they're still acting good. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. That's good at this point. Yeah, I. Usually during reloads, or honestly, it's anything. If if I'm working on a specific thing, and I like do it correct and do it correct, and then I screw one up, like some profanity is following that screw up. It'll be a just a pretty loud single word that I'll stomp over and I'll start it again, I'll do it again. Or if I do it slow, I'll get mad. Or if I nail it and I like freaking nail it, I'll just be like, I'll just, I'll yell, dude. I'll just be like, come on. Yeah. I do that I sometimes st- too. Get it. Yeah. I can yeah. hear you yelling, get it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Yeah. Well, awesome. I usually, 
I usually yell, come on, or let's go. Yeah, something like let's that. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. I have simply accepted I that... I to do that for other people. I can't take myself seriously if I'm telling myself to come on. It's like, really? by myself. I, I can do that. I can do that much easier by myself than if somebody's around. I would never do that towards myself. But if I'm by myself, I could. Oh no, I'll do it to other people. It's like, yeah, and then I yeah. and then I feed off that, right? Like praising other people. Like I feed off that. And, okay. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't. Because my brain doesn't distinguish. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's like positive, positive energy. We'll take that. Uh, Jeremy, I, I love shooting with really I'm glad negative you got people. That, so much fun. Yeah, Jeremy Man, sees I love somebody shooting with negative people because the more Jeremy. positive I get, the worse they do, and then the more negative they get. So he sees somebody cycle. like just freaking kill it, and he's like, "It's not that good. It's not that fucking good." I, <laughs> I actually did that. that this at the last at Utah State. I was shooting with Craig uh, Outson. I think that's how you say his last name because I was staying at his house, so I should know how to say it. But uh, he—he's a three gunner. Like he, this was—he shot Wyoming Governor's Cup because he didn't realize it was a pistol only match, and he was squatted with us. And so we were talking about Utah State, and he lives in Salt Lake. He's like, "Oh yeah, you guys can. If y'all want to come shoot that match, you can come stay at my place." And uh, he's like, "I guess, I guess I'll shoot it." Like I don't really shoot pistol much but i'll just shoot it so you know he doesn't shoot pistol much but he shot a stage and and he shot it fine like there was no no problems like he shot it well uh, and he was probably the, like the like the second best shooter on our squad like my squad was mostly like b and b and below uh some good shooters just maybe there's some like a class pcc maybe i don't know but anyway so he shot a stage pretty good but he had like I don't know, like 10 or 11 Charlies or something like that. And so he came off and somebody was telling him like, Hey, yeah, you shot that. You shot that. Great. I was like, yeah, those 10 Charlies hurt. Don't they? So then he looked at us. and was like, Oh yeah. Thanks bud. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing like we walk on stage and someone's like, you killed that. I'm like, yeah. Which part the mic or the no shoot? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm so sorry, man. Well, yeah, man, just shut up. Thank you. Yeah. Moving on. So, I, yeah, I guess I'm a little, little probably guilty of that. I just want to. I don't want people to get too full of themselves, you know. But it's your I job. have come you to the, keep them humble. Yeah. Somebody it's, has it's a, to. It's a hard burden, but you know, you yeah, you, uh, bear it for all of us. Yeah, You're I'll do what I can. I have come to the conclusion that reloads with a single stack are just never like i've just accepted for me they're never going to be like consistent like just a hundred percent there's going to be days where it's going to feel like you can't miss them and there's going to be days when you cannot hit them hey that's that is all about to change now that you're dry firing with freaking four mags that's true it may be getting better Maybe I, a game changer. I had this conversation earlier today. That was what I learned shooting single stack this last weekend is just like it's a mistake to not miss to avoid a standing reload. It's a mistake to try and nail perfect reloads because yeah. let's, you know, you can put whatever numbers you want on it. But if, as long as I get four out of five of them on a stage where I have to reload five times, I'm saving time. Yeah. Bailing on the last one and going for another mag versus hitting 
you know, 1.7 second perfect inserted reloads. I mean, I you just lose too much time doing it perfectly. Yep. Like yeah. you just really got to go for it and accept a certain failure rate and net out positive. Interesting. Yeah. And I can't at this point. I can't make myself go for a slow, clean load anyway. Um, so it's just that's just out. Well, I tried to. So I, I shot a stage like that, and I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna hit all my reloads because you know I have no extra round. Hit all my reloads and hit all my targets." And I did, and it's like that was awful. And it's like next stage, it's like, "All right, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Way yeah. better. Yeah, just yeah, crush I, it. It'll be fine." If you get hit by one of Jeremy's flying mags from a missed reload. You're probably gonna need a medic. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna take you out. Well, what are you doing standing up range? Hopefully, he's swinging him up range, not back. Oh, uh, sometimes they go over my shoulder. <laughs> they sometimes they go over my shoulder. That that has happened before. Uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Sometimes you miss. Sometimes you hit them. It's fine. Someone was telling me about watching Sal Luna videos, and he's like, you know, he does extra reloads a lot, and like standing loads. He just does them really, really fast. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. you should learn something from that, right? Like, yeah, this is another yep. production shooter. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think he makes his plans based on never having to do a standing load, right? No, nope. yeah. I don't think he worries about it. Nope, yeah. all right, boys, it's been a good one. It has, uh, we'll be limited or iron sight, formerly known as iron sight nationals. Yeah, uh, we'll be kind of talking Forever about that with minds. lead up. Yeah, forever it'll be known as Iron Sights. Uh, I don't even know if we'll discuss the new division at it. Maybe we'll just talk about the Iron Sight divisions and ignore the other one. Or just refer to it as PCC and then not refer to it. Exactly. Uh, so we'll we'll be trying to to kind of rep that and uh, maybe get some interviews of people we think they're going to do well if we can get them tracked down and be looking forward to those. Yeah, we're still trying to get things lined out with Joey, too. We're going to get Joey on, so we'll get him on soon. Yeah. Yep. So thanks for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Use the link to uh, Shooter's Connection. That is helpful. We love hearing when you do. And thank you guys for listening. Yeah. yeah.